This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another episode of our Raw Reaction series and specifically the Arsenal News Show. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well this Saturday morning. We've made it to the weekend. Lovely stuff. And yes, there is no game for Arsenal this weekend. However, that doesn't mean that we can't enjoy our rivals, fingers crossed, dropping some points, which would be absolutely wonderful to see but uh good morning to our lively chat box who join us every single day every single day at 8 a.m for our arsenal news show maggie good morning to you i too am still buzzing off of first class mate it just it's just so good it's just such a good feeling is winning and uh enjoying the feeling of arsenal on the up is another one too it is indeed the weekend manu good morning to you good morning to paul to bobby as well to olu jonty harvey stevie robin christopher bradley peeny ween scotty uh vidi uh thracian king good morning to napa fire maximius uh, good morning to Chris. Uh, quintessentially Q, good morning uh, to you. Uh, Jose, Terry, uh, Rakeem, Scotty, if you would like to join our Discord server, it's for expert members and TGT ambassadors. So if you want to join that, uh, just you basically join up to that level and then you get a link uh, on the YouTube community tab. So uh, that's how you get into it. Uh, Julian, good morning to you. Daz, Akaya, uh, good morning to everybody. Uh, and fingers crossed uh, you're having a fantastic time. Uh, I'm finally out of the woods, by the way. People will be glad to know. We tested negative several days in a row, and uh, I'm off to the driving range today. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go celebrate being out of the woods uh, by hitting some balls into them. Uh, well, definitely into the rough, that's, that's for sure. Um, and I don't play regularly. It was kind of an offer that was put to me. Do you want to go to the driving range? And I've not hit a golf ball in about, mm, let's say, six years. So uh, maybe it's something that we'll get into. It's, maybe I can hit a golf ball better than I can kick a football, uh, which I've got tomorrow. So uh, fingers crossed it goes okay. But good morning to everybody in the chat. Uh, we kick off, by, as always, by telling you, to uh, how dare I celebrate Pro Pro indeed? How dare I do that? Sorry, um, Ruben Neves will be 
will be beside himself. Um, please do go over and subscribe to the Arsenal way. I set the target of trying to get us to hit 10K over there by the end of the season. Um, and we're already on 9,230-odd subs now. Um, I think it's going to happen fairly soon, which is absolutely brilliant. Um, so I'm so happy with the way we've, we've built that channel. We've done it from scratch. We've done it organically. We've created some really great content in the team that we've got there. So if you aren't already subscribed, link is in the description to the Arsenal way. Um, please, please do go over there and hit that subscribe button. Um, a few articles for you to, to have a read of that came out yesterday from myself. One piece on how Alexandra Lacazette's goal does not mean that we should detract our focus away from knowing that we need to sign a top striker or that we should give him a new contract. We still need to go and sign at least two, in my view, strikers in the summer. Another piece on the highlights of the All or Nothing Amazon series and how that Wolves win will take prime place in plenty of promotional uh, videos, we can be sure. And finally, a piece uh, of which it's a transcript on my discussion with Josh Williams, a scouting writer at Reach, talking about Martin Odegaard, who he previously described as beige or something I never let him get rid of. But he explains his reasons as to why very well, using an analogy with Bruno Fernandes, that uh, there's a good debate that goes on there. So if you want to check those pieces out, please do go click my link to football.london in the description. Bad news last night. Unfortunately, Arsenal's under-23s lost 4-1 to Liverpool. Uh, Miguel Aziz scored an own goal and Salah Adin was sent off for a straight red card offence. Um, really not the greatest of moments. Uh, we went 2-1 down before the red card happens and then Liverpool just completely took control of the game. This is not surprising to see Arsenal kind of falter at this stage. Arsenal lost a lot of their key players in the under-23s to loans in January. They were involved in a title race. They've lost their number one striker following Balogun, of course. They've lost other players like Norton Cuffey and Alabiosu. Uh, trying to think of other players that have gone. Tim Akinola. Uh, Harry Clark had already, of course, left at this point. Aziz has returned. Patino's not been in the side because he's been out injured as well. So they have lost a lot of crucial players in the squads. Uh, so I wouldn't be expecting loads. But we will be doing our monthly updates still. And we did our recent update on the Arsenal youth team recently. And if you want to get caught up on all of where all the youngsters are right now on loan and at the club, do go listen to my chat with Kev on the channel. It's a few uploads ago, but you'll be able to find it fairly easily. Uh, in other news, Jack Wilshere made his debut for AGF in Denmark. Uh, really great to see him uh, on the field. The uh, support uh, is mad. I don't know if you've seen some of the videos coming out on social media, but the uh, the crowd is quite something. And uh, uh, he got his first minutes and we wish him the absolute best uh, with the rest of the season. And fingers crossed he can launch himself into a new end of career uh, kind of journey. Uh, Liverpool have joined the race for Jed Spence, the Middlesbrough right back currently on loan with Nottingham Forest. Arsenal were said during that period after we lost Nottingham Forest to be interested in the player in January. A figure of around £10 million have been placed on Jed Spence's head. However, it looks to be that Liverpool will be going after the player, but that seems a little old considering Trent Alexander-Arnold being there and Joe Gomez being there, but perhaps they see Joe Gomez's future elsewhere now and Jed Spence is a very good option as a backup to Trent Alexander-Arnold. Uh, in other uh, positive news, and I say positive because I've never been that keen on Jed Spence, um, but in other positive news, 
Jonathan David is said to be the subject of talks by Arsenal. Uh, both Arsenal, Newcastle United and Borussia Dortmund are said to have opened talks with representatives of Jonathan David, according to information coming out from Italy. Uh, interesting that also Edu's agent, as we know to be true, met with Jonathan David's agent back in December. There is clear interest from Arsenal, as we know, and perhaps he will be one of the strikers that Arsenal pushed for in the summer. But reports from Italy claiming that Jonathan David is that next player that Arsenal will be pushing heavily for. We'll keep you up to date with that line. Negatively, though, Joao Felix, according to Miguel Delaney, despite the fact he's been offered to Arsenal, Arsenal are not that keen on supposedly doing a deal for the Portuguese centre-forward and Atletico Madrid player. Uh, he scored, of course, in the game against Manchester United in the Champions League, uh, but has struggled to get regular game time under Diego Simeone, not really fitting into what he's wanted. And despite him being offered as a possible option for Arsenal in the summer, Arsenal are said to be looking at other options and finally Lautaro Martinez's agent has been speaking about his future and has said that Lautaro doesn't think about himself he only thinks about Inter he wants to help and wants fans to be happy Inter haven't scored many goals lately but it's just a process and will return to scoring that's for sure doesn't look like therefore the Lataro Martinez will be joining Arsenal in the summer as I predicted he only signed a new deal with Inter Milan in the summer of 2021 it would have been a bit strange uh, to see him then move to uh, move to anywhere other than Arsenal let alone that so there you go um is Tom doing an Abamyang today he says but what do I know what Abamyang means what am I doing how do you do an Abamyang <laughs> I'd love to know what an Abamyang is. Um, anyway, let's see what you guys have got to say for yourselves in the chat books. We move on to the point of the show where we go through your thoughts, your theories, your questions and queries. I haven't said that in a while. Uh, so if you would like to throw a question into the chat box, now is your time. Sarvik joining us uh, in the chat box says, apparently Isaac is not out of the question, Tom. Is there any news on that? Uh, well, I mean, according to Spanish outlet Sport, uh, Barcelona were the main club that were said to be interested in bringing in uh, Isaac if they were unable to bring in their number one choice, Erling Haaland. Regarding Arsenal's interest, uh, the same report did claim that Arsenal had opened talks with his entourage about a possible move to the Emirates, um, but that Barcelona remains the kind of number one contenders in any possible deal. What you can expect from this show over the next four months as we continue on with these 8am shows is plenty of gradual updates uh, and... Uh, thoughts and feelings about uh, each player that gets linked. Not much movement, but there will be, of course, talk between now and the summer. Semi says, thoughts on Ukraine, Tom? It's very sad. It is very sad indeed. Um, and a close friend of mine, uh, his partner is Ukrainian and uh, obviously has a lot of family uh, associated uh, out there. So my thoughts are with uh, all the people of Ukraine and, to be fair, um, the Russian people as well who don't want this situation and uh, you know are very much on the side of trying to maintain the peace and all I can hope for is a peaceful outcome which doesn't look all that realistic but what I would say is that we're on the side of peace here and we just want to see people 
allowed to get on with their lives uh, is what we want, which is unfortunately not what's being allowed to happen at the moment. Uh, we rarely, I say rarely, cross football and politics over. It's mainly because I feel so insignificant in a huge world of of these massive talking points. But whenever these types of things happen, um, you know, it's important that we do discuss them. And if they're raised to me, and if I know enough about it, because that's also important, it's about being comfortable speaking about something you're educated about, some things we don't talk about, because I just simply don't know enough. But in this case, when you've got friends who've got family associated with these problems and these issues, it is much easier for me to associate myself with it. So that's my understanding. And hopefully that's an explanation for those that maybe feel that I haven't talked about other things. And here I am talking about this thing. But I hope you can understand that definitely um, with my own having friends that are very much associated with this, it's it's easier for me to understand and have that education as well. So I wish all the best to everybody that's having to deal with this. And if you are a listener of this show and you're caught up in it, then I, I wish you all the best and absolute health and fingers crossed you can remain safe and sound and your friends and family can too and that we can hopefully bring about an end to this situation as soon as feasibly possible because you know as Manu says in the chat it's hard to talk about football at the moment it feels so insignificant and you're right it does we continue to do it because you know uh we have to and we shouldn't ignore it but it sucks uh, in the most respectful way possible. It absolutely sucks uh, that we are living in a world with these types of things. But uh, yeah. Okay. Um, let's let's try to get back to the football. I know it's difficult, but uh, it's what we're here to do. So let's, uh, let's get through those questions. About the Arsenal, um, Cyrus says, does Pepe being left-footed work against him starting? As that leaves us with an imbalance of Odegaard, Saka, Xhaka and Pepe all left-footed. It's interesting and, and it's something that gets pointed out about Arsenal quite a lot, Cyrus, is how much left-footedness there is in the Arsenal squad. As you've mentioned, a few players there. Tavares, of course, too. Tierney. Um, we've got a lot of left-footed players. And I, I don't know if that... And Gabriel, too. I don't know if it's necessarily a problem. But what it could do is being about unbalanced is if you've got Pepe and Saka and Xhaka and Odegaard all in your front four, it can create a lot of one-dimensional play. Maybe if your striker's right-footed. What we want is as many people who can use both feet. That's that's ideally what you want. Odegaard's got a pretty good right foot at the same time. It's nowhere near as good as his left foot, but it's not bad. Nicolas Pepe is very one-footed. Bakai Saka showed with that shot against Wolves that he can use his right foot. Um, Xhaka, I would feel, is very right-footed. Um, but I think that it's about having quality over, you know, the type of foot players are. I think tactically it comes more down to the defensive side of things with Arsenal and Arteta. He likes to have a left-footed left-back, a right-footed right-back, a right-footed right-centre-back, and a left-footed left-centre-back. That's what he wants, and that's why he brought in Pablo Marie uh, to the club to give some backup to Gabriel. So I think that what we can expect... Uh, from the club is is that consistency in defence. But I'm not sure that we're going to see any kind of variation change just because players are right and left-footed in the forward line, at least. Uh, Moaz says, what position would Joao Felix play? Uh, would he be a good striker? I do kind of see... I do kind of see Joao Felix more as someone who needs a player with him rather than kind of a sole forward. I mean, for Portugal, I think he plays off of either Ronaldo or Gonzalo Guedes or Andre Silva. 
Um, and for Arsenal, I feel it would have to be the same. I feel like he couldn't occupy that number nine role just on his own. I would feel that he would need someone else with him. Um, Zana says, not that I think we would get him, but Haaland's injury record is a concern, like Renato Sanchez. Good talent, but susceptible to injury. He has been out a couple of times. I mean, let's have a quick look at Haaland's injury record because people get very quick to assume, like, Dominic Calvert-Lewin has been injured for a fair amount of time, but when you speak to experts, he's not known as being injury-prone because of the type of injury that he's got. You look at Haaland, muscular problem, problem with the hip flexor, muscular problem, knock, muscular problem, torn muscle fiber, knee problem, knee problem, abdominal muscle problem. There's a lot of muscular issues there that are reoccurring. And at the moment, he's just getting back to fitness, but he's missed 23 days, 34 days, 18 days, 3 days, 4 days, 27 days, 11 days. They're, they're short stints. And whilst he missed 34 days in seven matches in October of 2021 through to 25th of November 2021, these issues are a concern because they do reoccur and they are coming back. Similar to Renata Sanchez, who's got these muscular issues. You're right to you're right to question it. <clears throat> I just feel like if you are able to get Holland fit and keep him fit, then he can give you a ridiculous amount of output. So let's see if it changes. Uh, let's see if he manages to keep a, a consistent run of form and consistent health together. Uh, we'll have a look and wait and see. Julian says, Tom, notice that Stuttgart lost again. If they get relegated, does the option to buy to Mavropanos go out the window? No. <laughs> Ironically, the option to buy comes into the window. The obligation to buy goes out of the window, Julian, but uh, it basically morphs into an option that Stuttgart would have if they get relegated. Basically, it's 99% sure that Mavropanos is going no matter what, because even if Stuttgart go down, they would be fools not to activate that option to buy a clause of 2.5 million euros or 3 million euros I think it is and uh, and then see him move on now <clears throat> I spoke with Chris Wheatley the other day who did tell me that there is a 10% uh, sell-on clause uh, in his deal so that's positive kind of I mean not really it's not a big sell-on clause if you think about it if we sold him if this Stuttgart ended up selling him for 15 million quid we'd only get one and a half million pounds it doesn't seem a lot of money especially when he's worth considerably more than that 3 million euros that he's going to be bought for in the summer. It's a frustration. And hopefully it's a, a lesson that Edu learns about selling once again, because he's had plenty of them and we do need to start selling players more efficiently. That's for sure. Um, John says, do you have any hope that Partey can eventually straighten out his shooting woes? John, I'm going to be very honest with you. No, I don't. I don't have any hope that he can. I don't think it's something that he needs to have in his game. I don't think he needs to be a long-distance shooter. He scored from range. He scored from range for Atletico Madrid. He scored a couple of great strikes. But it just doesn't seem to be clicking. And so I would leave that to the players that can. Erdogan can strike from range. We've seen from his free kicks. Xhaka, we know, can strike from range. So, yes, uh, I would hope that they would kind of, you know, lean towards them. Yes, Julian, if you meant obligation, the obligation goes out the window. The option comes into the window uh, if they go down. Um, Manu says, did you see Frankie de Jong's finish against Napoli? It's what it is what Partey is trying to do, or is he trying a Partey boom? I feel like Partey doesn't even know himself uh, when he goes to strike the ball because some of the strikes are more curling strategic strikes. And others are just, you know, thunder blasts <laughs> from ridiculous range where he just puts power on it rather than any kind of placement. So, yeah. Um, 
<clears throat> I can feel my, my voice is still not 100% fixed, it seems. Uh, Paul James says, do you think we'll see us use the 3-5-2 next season? It depends on who we buy. If we buy enough players that's going to bring us in that formation, we've got the players to do it. Tierney, I can feel, can play left centre-back. Tavares can play right wing-back. I think we would need to sign a right wing-back unless you bring forward Alabiosu from the youth team or Norton Cuffey from the youth team. And in terms of strikers, you would think we would need to pair someone like Jonathan David. Um, give me two seconds. Oh, dearie me. I'm hoping my voice is going to be fine. It's, I'll tell you what, the big problem about doing a show at 8 a.m. in the morning is that you get that, you know, it's that early morning sort of thing in your throat. That is that is the problem of doing this kind of show. But yeah, I feel like we would, it depends on who we would sign, Paul, uh, as to who we would end up bringing in. Pablo says, looking at United's remaining fixtures, how confident are you that we can finish fourth? Pablo, it's been a while. I haven't seen you. Where have you been, mate? It's uh, good to see you back in the chat, my friend. Uh, let's have a look at Manchester United's fixtures in the league. They play Watford this weekend. That's a big game for them because it's an absolute must win. The thing about every single game for everybody this season, besides when you play the likes of Liverpool, Chelsea, is that they're all must wins. Arsenal have got only two games that I wouldn't describe as must wins, and that is the Chelsea-Liverpool game. What I would say is they're must they're not free hits because if we can get something against those sides, it would be hugely beneficial for our run. That's why Man City, I mean, that's why Spurs are able to get points against Man City, yes. But look, Spurs are able to get a point against Liverpool at home as well. We need to try and get points against these teams. So Man United have got Watford. You'd think they would win that. They've then got Man City, Tottenham, Atletico Madrid, Liverpool, Leicester, Everton, and then Norwich. And then us, to be fair. It's a really difficult period for Man United that will define their season because after they play us, um, have they not got any... Is that the end of the season? Wow, there's really not that many games left of the season, is there? <laughs> You're looking at the fixtures going, uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 Premier League fixtures to go. But Man United's season will be defined between the period between now and when we play them on the 23rd of April. Um that game against Watford is their easiest, along with Norwich in the next one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine fixtures. And that includes the second leg of the Champions League against Atleti. You would kind of expect them to go through once they've got that 1-1 draw and away goal, unless Atleti end up scoring two. Uh, then, of course, Man United will have to get a 3-2 win. Um, but what I would say is that this will define their season. So hopefully they drop points today against Watford. If they can drop points today... That would be a huge benefit to Arsenal because our fixtures start off a little bit all right. We've got Watford and then we've got Leicester, but then they start to get a little bit tricky. And we still got to see uh, the uh, Tottenham game uh, and the Chelsea games. We've still got to wait for them to be rescheduled. Oh, I think Chelsea has actually been rescheduled, has it not, at this point? I think I saw something about that, that game being rescheduled. Let me have a quick check of the fixture lists. No, it hasn't. Okay, so we're still waiting. Uh, for that to be changed. Uh, it was the Liverpool game, wasn't it, that was rescheduled onto the 16th of March. So Watford, Leicester, Liverpool, Villa, Palace, Brighton, Southampton, all the way up to that game against Man United. If you compare our fixtures to Man United's, we should be climbing the table significantly more than them, Pablo. Should is the key word in that sentence. So there you go. Um, let's scroll down because I feel like I'm missing out on so many more. Uh, Dylan says, uh, good morning, Tom and TGT. Good morning to you, mate. Now tuning in. I'm buzzing for Thursday. Let's get those likes up. Uh, hey, Tom, away goal has been abolished. What? 
Really? Oh my God. I didn't know that. I, did I know that? Really? That shows how little I've been paying attention. There are no away goals in the Champions League. Wow. That's, um, oh, do I, I do remember that. I remember a press conference with Gianni Infantino. See, that's how little I've paid attention to the Champions League and European football in general. That's mad. Okay. So Atleti just need to win at this point. Interesting. This is the thing is that when you get when you're at a European competition for so long as we have been, or you or at least like Champions League, is that you just find yourself being detached from this and you know you don't get the news coming up on your feeds and stuff. And when the Champions League changes its format in a couple of years, Arsenal really need to be part of that. Arsenal desperately need to be part of that. If it's like, how can you not know that? I just it just completely slipped me. I just completely missed it. Um that's mad that's mad. That's crazy. Um, fair. I like that. I mean, we could have done with that a few years ago. We could have done, Arsenal could have been done with that ages ago. Ages ago. Um, but we'll wait and see. Kevin says, Jonathan David will be only the right choice if we get a different type of striker. I absolutely agree with you. Yeah, man, it's the Twitter algorithms. They just shun all Champions League news towards me. Oh, wow, I really did miss that. It really chose my ignorance to the Champions League. Uh, Peeny Ween says, is it possible the reason that Jonathan David is so divisive with the fans is that his name isn't a sexy one? I like that explanation. Yes, I think there is an element to that. I think it's the reason why people really didn't rate Ben White and why I say Christian Romero uh, came into Spurs and was rated higher or Rafael Varane. There is something about homegrown British names that just don't get the same kind of appreciation or the perception of how good a player is like and i am english so i can say this england's pretty boring <laughs> england could be pretty darn boring to a lot of people because obviously a lot of the english football fans live in england and so english names can be very dull i think maybe that's why there's stereotypes against the likes of you know, dominic calvert lewin uh, previously ben white as i've mentioned there is definitely kind of this 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 horrible kind of stereotypical thing that goes against homegrown talent. Uh, I I I think it's great seeing the the English kind of quota in, increased. I think it's great when you see that at a club like Arsenal that had such a previous heritage of having some of the best English players in the game, British players in the game, and Irish players in the game as well. Um, and to, to see, you know, whilst I think it's great that Arsene Wenger introduced such a diverse squad, when, when we lost a bit of the English and British core and then replaced it with such a weak one with Jenkinson and Oxide Chamberlain and Gibbs and no disrespect, but, you know, I want to, I wanted to see like a British core that like, the likes of Liverpool have really pushed forwards with your Hendersons and your Milners and your Trent Alexander-Arnold and Joe Gomez being brought in. Like James Milner and Henderson, you think how integral they've been to that Liverpool team how integral they are. Man United have pushed ahead with a lot of English players. Manchester City have really made it part of their fabric and the amount they've spent on Carl Walker and Jack Grealish and bringing through Phil Foden. Uh, previously, Gareth Barry, James Milner as well at Manchester City. And they've really had that clear core part of that team. Joe Hart, of course, when they won that Premier League first Premier League title as well. So it's uh, it's a weird thing. It's a weird thing that, that the the British side of things is, is a bit looked down upon when you've got um, maybe a foreign player 
is looked upon as, you know, they, uh, Christian Romero coming into Spurs would be better just because he's not English. It's a strange one. It is strange. Uh, Nicole says, never trust anyone with two first names. Oh, there's some great players out there with two first names. The Arsenal gent on Twitter is great with this type of thing. If you're not following them, please make sure you do. Um, Manu says, when Wenger apologised for Rob Holding's price tag. Exactly. Rob Holding, along with Per Metazaka, was responsible for two of the best defensive partnerships in FA Cup history. And look, Rob Holding's won two FA Cups uh, as a starter, being absolutely brilliant for Arsenal. So, you know, you can't take that away. Uh, you cannot take that away from him at all. Um, these have a look. Let's scroll up a little bit more. Uh, Alex says, what I've found is that in a commentator's voice, if shouting your name sounds good, you'll be a good footballer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Reese James Dino would have been would have more sponsors maybe yeah I mean Reese James is a fantastic player and I'm very envious that Chelsea have him that is that is for sure uh Jack Grealish uh integral he has been shown to be what he is a free kick and corner expert a Poundland Griezmann uh, with a Harrods price tag look the thing you do say about English players is the price tags are wildly increased in comparison to say uh a comparative player uh, from the continent or from South America or anywhere in the world for that matter, they are massively inflated unless they move abroad, in which case you don't have that Premier League tax that's associated with them. Um, shipping out easily, mate, the Niles, some bloke says, is going to reduce our quota of double-barreled names. We need Amari Hutchinson to step up. Amari Hutchinson is his full name, is it not? Oh, it's Giroud Hutchinson. It is. It's Giroud of course it is. Amari Gerard Hutchinson. Brilliant stuff. We've got Emil Smith-Rowe. We've got Brooke Norton-Cuffey. Um, Fraser Dewsbury as well. Um, as, as, as well in the youth side. No, we've got some coming through. Don't worry. They're not going anywhere. Your double-barreled names are still very much in the folds of Arsenal. Um, Vinny says, Tom ranting about English players, yet talking about a Canadian. Moss is going to hunt you down for claiming him. <laughs> We're going to go into colonialism. Um, no, I think, look, Jonathan David uh, maybe will suffer from that same thing. Um, and I know I've been ranting and raving there about English players, despite the fact that Jonathan David is not as a sexy name because, you know, he's Canadian. Um, but it's the same thing. Um, Matt Turner from the US coming in, maybe will not receive that same kind of thing because it's it's not as, it's, the name doesn't strike you maybe as much as, as signing someone else would. So, hey, but if he's better than Galini at, at Spurs, who cares, right? <laughs> who cares? Maximia says, Bayern Munich plan to become a selling club owing to financial strain from COVID. Who would you like to see at our club from Bayern? Oh, wow. Where do you stop? I, I love Kingsley Coman. I really do think he's one of the silkiest footballers out there. Like him on the left-hand side for us. Saka on the right would be so, 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 so good. The thing is, would I take Robert Lewandowski? The problem with Robert Lewandowski is obviously now his age. It seems mental that you would even consider turning it down. But there's part of me that feels like he wouldn't fit in with like, the project. He's 33 now. Um, he's still brilliant, don't get me wrong. But, you know, it's is it mad to say that you wouldn't take Robert Lewandowski? Because it's Robert Lewandowski. And part of me feels like he's as good as he is. He's playing at Bayern in the Bundesliga. If he'd have moved to Chelsea at, say, 30 when he was being linked, would he have done, would he do the same things as he's doing now? I don't know. It's impossible to know. 
Um, other players in the team, obviously, you don't really go too much past Serge Gnabry. You love Serge Gnabry and what he can do. Joshua Kimmich is a, one of the best midfielders ever uh, of the modern era. I have no, I have no qualms in putting Joshua Kimmich at still such a young age in the same brackets as some of the best German central midfielders because he is that good. You're putting him, and you're talking about players like Philip Lahm, who played in midfield under Pep Guardiola, sure. And Kimmich kind of came through in the same realm as a fullback previously, and has moved moved into midfield. Uh, you're talking about players like Balak and Schweinsteiger, and of course Lothar Matthaus, uh, going that far back. But Kimmich is oh, what a midfielder he is! So consistent, so good, so diminutive, despite the fact that you know he can compete despite not having that physicality about his game. So, 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 so good. So, yeah, probably Kimmich would be the one I would take more than any. Uh, and he's 27 now and he only looks about 12. So, so there's that added bonus to his game. He can get away with it. Definitely would get asked for ID going into a bar with Joshua Kimmich. I have absolutely no doubt. Um, Tim says, hold on. Are we talking about Ballon d'Or Lewandowski or someone else? Oh, no, it's, it's mad, isn't it? But... I'd, I'd be very interested to know how many people would really take Robert Lewandowski at 33 years of age and would pay what they would ask for. I would be... Yeah, Goretzka's a great shout, Billy, as well. Goretzka would be another really good one, physicality-wise. Oh, Bayern, Bayern must some, put something in the water uh, because if you go to Bayern, you get jacked, like absolutely hedge. I could do with going to Bayern ahead of my wedding. That's what I could do with. That's, that's what we want, a TGT transfer to Bayern Munich. Uh, for or a loan for a season at least, just to get myself, you know, absolutely ripped before the wedding. That's what we want. Anyway, uh, we're going to wrap things up there, people. Thank you so much. Uh, I hope you're having a fantastic Saturday. Enjoy your Saturday. Relax over the weekend. Take your mind off the chaos that's going on in this world if you can. Um, but uh, it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you guys, as it always is. I want to get a, uh, a tactical breakdown on Fabian Ruiz done in the near future. I'm still waiting on to get the expert insight. Uh, but that is something that I have got planned for everyone to tune in for. So I look forward to bringing you guys that. Tomorrow we'll obviously return with the usual 8 a.m. show. Uh, and I'm thinking, is there anything happening in the evening tomorrow? I don't think so. Um, but there's plenty of football to enjoy. Uh, there's plenty of, uh, hopefully, our rivals dropping points. Come on, the Watfords. That's what we want to see. Who are Spurs playing this weekend? Spurs fixtures. Uh, they're playing Leeds. Oh, well, Oh, <laughs> if you ever need a team that needs to give you goals, it's Leeds. Um, so I'm sure Spurs will be very thankful for that one. But maybe, maybe uh, they've learned from the Man United game. They definitely haven't. Uh, Bielsa never learns. But maybe we can just hope for something in that game. Um, but they're very open and Spurs are very good on the counter-attack and Leeds will attack them. So I'm not looking forward to watching that uh, at all. Is it the early kickoff today? What time? Yeah, 12.30. So you can tune in for that one. Have a fantastic day, people. Enjoy yourselves. Uh, keep your mind off the, the everything that's going around the world, as I say, and uh, try to enjoy life as best you can. And our thoughts, again, are with all of those that are affected uh, with the horrible things that are going on at the moment. Stay well, stay safe, and as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.